This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. During the fall of 2022, we'll be examining Amos, Jonah, Hosea, and Micah. And this week, Mike Livingston is joining us again. He was here for week one and week two. We're looking at Amos chapter five, verses four through 15. Mike, thank you for being our resident expert on Amos this quarter. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Uh, We're looking, as I said, Amos chapter five, verses four through 15. The title of this lesson is Seek God. And the summary statement is God expects his people to seek him and demonstrate his character. These verses we've outlined in three points, the choice, the reality, and the solution. That first section, the choice, looks at verses four through nine of Amos five. Uh, In his third recorded sermon, Amos called for the people of Israel to seek God instead of participating in idolatry. He announced a coming judgment on those who distorted justice. Amos identified the Lord as the sovereign creator who brings judgment to all, even the strong. The key point there is that all people must choose to trust God. The second section in the outline, the reality, comes from verses 10 through 13. In these verses, Amos delivered an indictment against the people of Israel, calling out their perversion of justice and oppression of others. As a result, the people would not enjoy their gains because of their mistreatment of others. Amos indicated that the wise would sit in silence as God exacted his judgment. The main point for us is that believers should expect God to take action to discipline his people. The last section in this outline, verses 14 and 15, which we've entitled The Solution. In these verses, Amos called for the people to begin to pursue good and establish justice with the hope of God being gracious to them. He made the statement that seeking God leads to life. For us, we can understand that believers are to be characterized by loving good and upholding justice. Mike, in these verses, we began in verse five with three places identified, Bethel, Gilgal, Beersheba. What's the importance of those three places? These were all places of significance in Israel's history, going back to the patriarchs, going going all the way back to Abraham. Um, Bethel, for example, Abraham built an altar there. Jacob went there twice. Uh, First, when he was fleeing his brother Esau, he spent the night at Bethel. That's where he, uh, as he slept, he saw a ladder extended from from heaven to earth, earth to heaven, and he saw uh, angels descending, uh, ascending the ladder, and and he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not, because that that was at Bethel. Uh, He went a second time and built an altar there, and in the early days of the judges, the Ark of the Covenant was kept at Bethel, um, on the darker side of, of the history of the place, King Jeroboam, uh, the first of Israel, built an altar, uh, altar uh, at Bethel and made golden calves and said to the people, here are your gods, um, which is on the, you know, the darker, one of the darker aspects of the history. Uh, that was Bethel. Gilgal was where Israel first camped when they crossed the Jordan into uh, the promised land where they first observed the Passover. In the promised land, they built a monument there with 12 stones to reaffirm their the covenant relationship with God. Um, Beersheba was located in the southern kingdom of Judah. Um, 
but the Israelites or the northern kingdom made pilgrimages there, maybe because of its significance. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all three went to Beersheba at, at some point in their, in their lives. It was at Beersheba that um, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, I'm the God of your father, Abraham. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll bless you and multiply your offspring. Uh, the Lord also spoke to Jacob at Beersheba in a vision, said, I am God, the God of your father. Don't be afraid to go to Egypt. So there's a lot. Of, there was a lot of history there. A lot of uh, significant things happened in their history at those places. Um, but Amos here is saying, don't don't go worship there. And, and you've got to understand him uh, saying that in light of what he's just said, uh, the previous verses, like verse four, where he said, come to Bethel and rebel, rebel even more at Gilgal. Um, <clears throat> so what, what they were doing there, what they called worship, what they thought was worship there, God is calling sin or rebellion. Because going to these shrines had become in itself a substitute for seeking God is why Amos is saying what he's saying, because the people thought that they could live any way they want. They could do what they wished as long as they went to these places and went through the motions of worship. As long as they went to church, they could live any way they want to during the week is, is how we would say it. Or if they carried this medallion or something. Yeah. Yeah. So you think people do the same thing today? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the teaching plans, we're encouraged to do the Bible skill as a summary, the end of the lesson. However, I would see value in doing it right here when we're looking at Amos chapter mm -hmm. five, verses four through nine, when we're looking at the choice, looking at it then and assigning each one of these places, Bethel, Gilgal, and Beersheba, Sheba, excuse me, to, to either an individual, if we've got a smaller group, uh, a single person could be a team, or assign it, create three teams and assign each team one of these locations, encourage them to take a Bible dictionary, discover things about it. Uh, if, if you don't have enough Bible dictionaries, you could use phones as a, as a way to help them do that activity. Then have them report about what they find, which then will give more insight into what Amos was saying here in verses four through nine of Amos five. One of the key ideas here in, that, in this section is that, that he was calling on the people to identify God as creator. Why is that so important for us to remember? Uh, it's uh, A.W. Tozer said it this way. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. You know, we so often we prefer a God who, who thinks like us, who likes what we like, who hates what we hate. Um, and and I, I think that that helps me understand what Amos is saying. I, I think his Amos's message is something like your view of God is too small. You, you've, you've lost your sense of who God is. So it's like he's saying, just go out and, and look up at the night sky and be reminded of who God is. He's the God who made Pleiades and, and Orion. Those, those were constellations of stars. And I think not, there's nothing specifically um, special about those constellations. I think they stand as representative of, of all the stars in the heavens and the sky. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an astronomist, um, but I find, I find this interesting. 
you know, that the stars we see in the sky are just a, a tiny fraction of the stars in the universe. And <clears throat> astronomers estimate that there are something like 1 billion trillion stars, um, rather not one, but 200 billion trillion stars in the universe. Um, they, they say that in our, in our um, galaxy, the Milky Way, the, Mil in, the Milky Way is one of 2 trillion galaxies. And in the Milky Way, they estimate 100 billion stars. So you multiply the number of stars in the Milky Way, which is 100 billion by the number of galaxies in the universe, which astronomers estimate like 2 trillion. So there's approximately 200 billion trillion stars in the universe, which some a lot say, of zeros. Yeah, that's a lot. And some say, well, that's that's a really a low estimate. I mean, I don't know about all this stuff. I just know what I what I read. Um, and I know that, you know, Isaiah 40, 26, Isaiah talks about this. He says, look up and see who created these. He brings out the stars by number. He calls all of them by name. Because of his great power and strength, not one of them is missing. So Isaiah says, God created each one and calls each one of them. Every, you know, all 200 billion trillion plus of them, God calls each of them by name. So why is it important to remember God as creator? Because our view of God is much too small. Verse 13, uh, they've been confronted and the verse 13 says, therefore, those who have insight will keep silent at such a time for the days are evil. What is the wisdom of being silent here? Yeah, actually th that can be understood in, in different ways. Um, uh, the, the context of what Amos is saying is, uh, you see in verse, uh, in verse uh, there in verse 12, uh, in, the, in the preceding verse, it talks about those who oppress the righteous, they take a bribe, they deprive the poor of justice at the city gates. So that's what is going on there. That's what he's talking about. Um, so what is he saying in verse 13 about keeping silent at such a time? Uh, well, a couple of ways we could understand that. One, he, it, that is a word of advice to those who were oppressed. Um, it's like, be, be wise in how and when you speak out against this injustice taking place. Be wise in the manner in which you address that. Be wise in the timing um, of, of speaking out against that. Uh, there is wisdom because um, I'm looking at verse 10 of that chapter, verse 10 says, they, the ones who, who are doing the oppressing, they despise the one who speaks with integrity. So these people, he's talking about, you know, not speaking out against them. He says, they, they despise those who speak the truth. So be, be wise in how you address this. Um, but, but there's another way of understanding the verse that I just, I think it's worth mentioning that it, it could be also a warning to those who are doing the oppressing that the oppressors will be silent when God's judgment falls on them. It's going to be a silence of grief or a silence of death. And, and one support of that understanding is that that phrase, those who have, those who have insight or the prudent, depending on what translation you're looking at, the prudent can also mean those who are successful. And that would be a reference to those who are 
those who were the wealthy ones, they were the wealthy ones oppressing the poor is who he's referring to then. And the phrase keep silent can also mean to lament or to die. So in other words, the successful wealthy people described in verse 12 were those who were facing the judgment and they will weep and wail in lamentation or perhaps perish from the earth in, in judgment. So that, that's an alternative way of understanding what the verse is saying. So, so instead of being silent, they will be silenced. They will be silenced uh-huh. is, is one way of understanding that. Yeah. In verses four through six, four and six, excuse me, we see this idea of seek me. And that's important for Amos here. But in verses 14, we also see this idea of seek good and not evil. I, I know before we recorded, we talked about those as two different questions, but really, they really are one question. Mm-hmm. Uh, verses four through six, you have the seek me importance or seek me and the importance of that in the call. And then verses 14, seek good and not evil. How are those connected? How is the seeking God uh, and the seeking good and not evil? How are, are, are those the same thing or different or how should we understand? Uh, those, yeah, they're um, they're related. Uh, you know, er- earlier we talked about Bethel, Gilgal, Beersheba, and you know, Amos said, do not go to Bethel. Do, do not go to Bethel. The, the meaning of the word Bethel is house of God. That's, the, that's what the word means. So Amos is saying, don't seek the house of God, seek God. Don't go seeking the house of God, seek the God of the house. So there, and we mentioned earlier how they, they're substituting going to church with seeking God. Um, and the word, the Hebrew word for seek there, by the way, is it's, it's, a, it's a strong word. It's a strong verb. Um, imagine if you're, if you're the parent of a small child and you lose your child in a crowd, your, your child is lost in a crowd. Okay. Imagine that you're at, you're either, you're at a sporting event, you're, you're at the mall and you lose your child. It just, you know, um, all your focus, all your heart, all your soul, all your energy and effort, everything you are, everything you have is going to be engaged in seeking and finding that child. Well, parallel that with seeking God. Seeking God means more than just going to church. So, yeah, on the one hand, you know, that's seeking God is, <clears throat> it's a very strong verb. It's not a casual thing. It's very intentional, very, very um, deliberate kind of, of thing. Now, you mentioned verse 14, seek good and not evil. So how is that connected? Well, seeking God and seeking good, are they're not the same thing, but they're parallel, that's two dimensions of, of, of a genuine faith. That's t- just two dimensions. So you got verse 14, pursue good, not evil. And then the next verse, verse 15, is, is parallel to that and gives a little more insight into that. It says in verse 15, hate evil, love good, establish justice at the city gate. So one way of seeking good is to work on behalf of the oppressed, um, is to, to work for justice for those who are who, who have no voice, who are being oppressed. Um, I, I think to seek God means that we seek what God desires. And what does God desire? Well, we're going to get to Micah here in this quarter, um, in a few weeks. But in Micah, it, it says he's told you what's good and what the Lord requires is to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. So what God wants is for us to be fair and just in how we deal with people to show mercy to those who wrong us, to walk in humility. 
uh, that's that's a part of what it means to seek good, to to seek what God desires. So I think all of the I think it's it's a, it's a James chapter two kind of thing. You know, James says faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. So I think that's seeking good is just a dimension of our of our faith, the, a parallel a parallel to seeking God, seeking good. Really, really, we're talking about two dimensions of a genuine faith. And one of the things that, are, that I think will be important for us to pay attention to as we walk through the study of these four books of Amos, Jonah, Hosea, and Micah, particularly Amos, Hosea, and Micah, in their messages. We don't see a lot of Jonah's message when I bring that up, but we're going to see that these all, uh, these four men, uh, all were prophets in the, you know, in the eighth century. They were contemporaries. We don't know that they ever met each other. Uh, but their messages are very consistent. Mm -hmm. uh, you see the same call. God's judgment is coming. Uh, you've you've oppressed the poor. You've uh, you just go down the list uh, of of sins, and so prepare for that. Uh, God is not uh, pleased with you. Uh, you have taken advantage uh, of His kindness, and so prepare for His judgment to come on you. But in the end of that, there's always the idea of hope as well. Uh, you see that here in this, this lesson, uh, where if you seek him, seek good, then there's hope for you. And in the commentary in the leader guide, this statement is highlighted. Hating evil begins with hating our own sin. I'm thinking about that statement and writing it on the board just for the opportunity for them to wrestle with that idea sometime about, you know, we hate evil, but we don't think about hating our own sin many times. We hate everybody else's sin, but not our own. Mm -hmm. And that be a part of that, especially when you're looking at verse 15. Yeah. Are there other key thoughts, ideas you would share about Amos chapter five, verses four through 15? It, um, you know, too often, I, I think that we as we as believers, as, we as the church, we're known only for what we're against. Right. Like, you know, we're, we're against this. We're against that. And that's kind of how people think of us is, you know, we're we're the people who are against everything. Um, and I know that in, in the church that I'm a part of, that we're, we're working in our community to be known for what we're for as well. I mean, because we're we're working to feed the hungry. We are working with vulnerable kids, you know, helping kids in, in vulnerable situations. Um, you know, and, and other, you know, those are just two examples. So we're, we want to be people who are known what we're for, whether we are working for good in our community. And, and I would highlight a question that's asked, and it's in the leader guide. Uh, I think it's also in quick source, the, the study guide and daily discipleship guide. I think it's, I think it's everywhere. Um, but it's, it's discussed as a group, what seeking good and establishing justice looks like. Discuss what that looks like in your community and, and what principles ought to guide your group as you seek God by, by uh, seeking to do those things. I think that's an important discussion to have. That question again, can you say that question one more time so I can make sure we all get it? Discuss as a group what seeking good and establishing justice looks like and what principles should guide your group as you seek God by seeking to do those things. That's a great question. That'd be a great way to sum up this, this study, I think. Mm -hmm. Let me encourage you 
uh, folks out there who are listening to us today to look at the blog posts found on goexplorethebible.com forward slash blog. Every Thursday, a new post is added. These posts will help you get a better understanding of Explore the Bible and the ideas behind the resources. That's goexplorethebible.com forward slash blog. Mike, thank you for being with us again this week. Next week, we'll be joining us again. We'll be looking at session four. We'll be looking at Amos 9, 5 through 15. We'll be thinking about the idea of hope in God with the idea that God offers hope to those who return to him in repentance. Mm-hmm.